Esports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter for A2ZSports.com. And we are Nationals On Demand Sports Talk Network going live weekday mornings at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads for more great Titans content. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process in Lebanon or WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-states uh, in uh, Franklin, Columbia, and Murfreesboro. They're online at KrebsKubota.com. So, Sam, this is uh, a big-time offseason for the Tennessee Titans, right? Like, we kind of knew the transition post-Ryan Tannehill contract, post-Derek Henry contract. We knew all of that was coming to fruition at this offseason before the whole past season began. What we did not, I think, foresee is a grand change at head coach and philosophy from the top, and now Brian Callahan enters as the head coach. So this is one of the biggest off seasons in the history of the Tennessee Titans, and they've got a bunch of cap space and a high draft pick to do it with. So I know that this is a really interesting spot to be in. So I don't know how you're feeling about this. I'm so excited about what the next five to six months are going to be of leading up to free agency, leading up to the draft, all of that happening, and then the reaction on what the expectations are going to be for the 2024 season. Oh, you're muted now. I think you keep hitting your mute there button. There we go. See, sometimes, we've been over this before, guys. The train comes through here in the morning sometimes. I'm like, well, you can't have train sounds on the podcast. And then I end up, uh, you know, and muted up as I'm talking to everybody. So. You know, we're good, though. No more mute. We're back. Uh, It's funny to me, Austin, because uh, we've talked ad nauseum about uh, the Mike Vrabel firing. Some people support it. Some people don't. Some people didn't think it was a smart move for the organization long term. But the one thing it is, is interesting. And And it makes everything 10x more interesting, 10 times more interesting, where you were kind of heading into an offseason shrugging your shoulders at, all right, uh, I guess we'll see what the Titans do with a couple of their key players. And then, uh, you know, what do they do in the draft? And can Mike Vrabel fix this thing and build it up to be competitive? And now we have the ability to talk about what you said, which is an entire change in philosophy organization wide. The level of excitement is different. The level of hope is different. And, And when you talk about expectations, The expectation of Titans fans is different with Brian Callahan as the head coach versus Mike Vrabel as the head coach, even if they Mm -hmm. had the exact same roster to me. Like the idea that you have a new head coach changes the perception of the team, changes the expectation. And so this offseason now maybe littered with dozens more questions because of the head coaching change and a lot more intrigue from the fan base because of a coaching change. It's going to be a lot of fun over the next few months. There really hasn't been uh, a dead period yet since the offseason started for the Titans. 
Yeah, and uh, Bork says uh, it might be the biggest offseason since A to Z has been covering the team. I mean, there's been a lot of them because if you want to talk about uh, since Zach and I created the company on our own, yeah, this is a big one. I, I believe the 2020 offseason after the AFC title game uh, run was also a big one because there were contracts that had to be extended. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of losing pre- uh, previous to that, but. Yeah, this is a this is a big one because it is a full fundamental swap of those philosophies like you're talking about. So ESPN.com as a part of their offseason strategy to go along with everybody's offseason strategy around uh, NFL media. Uh, they presented this to all of their reporters uh, saying uh, we asked our NFL Nation reporters to get a closer, a closer look at the biggest question each team will face this offseason and give insight on what could happen over the next few months. So we want to ask everybody here, what is what is the biggest question this offseason for the Tennessee Titans? I, this is something that's fascinating to me. I have no idea because there could probably be like four or five correct answers where I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. So what is the biggest question this offseason? And we're going to really look at about whether it's free agency or the draft or what and how Brian Callahan's going to uh, uh, you know, impact free agency in the draft. And so what is the biggest question for the Titans this offseason? And Sam, uh, I'm excited b- about this because uh, we do have a uh, brand new partner with A to Z that we're going to introduce today. And it's something that you and I are going to directly benefit from uh, hopefully next week. And Others watching right now will benefit from our partnership with Factor. Factor Meals is where you should go. We're excited about this. Uh, a lot of what we're going to be doing on A to Z Sports Film Room throughout the draft process is going to be sponsored by Factor over the next few weeks. Look, uh, James Foster, our film room specialist, is a busy, busy man. He's got a lot of uh, tape to watch, a lot of film to cut up, and he can't be wasting his time by cooking meals his own and even meal prepping himself. Look, Sam, you and I know that grind. Meal prepping takes time, right? But Factor cuts all that out because Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that make easing eating uh, better meals easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. How about this? Two-minute meals. Fuel up with Fast Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And it's flexible for your schedule or your diet. Whatever that is, you can get as little or as much as you need, choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. And you can uh, pause and reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess. Factor's meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Here's what you have to do. Head to factormeals.com slash ATOZ50 and use code ATOZ50 to get 50% off. That's code ATOZ50 at factormeals.com slash ATOZ50 to get 50% off, Sam. Uh, I know you're pretty pumped about that because we get our food uh, next week, I believe, from Factor. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, drop the link in the chat there with uh, Factor meals.com slash atoz50 all right sam so let's uh, 50 i just got to take a minute to talk yeah. about factor as well because 50 percent off is crazy and i'm fired up about this like you said uh 
you know, a little break the fourth wall here, peek behind the curtain. I'm going, I'm going keto with my meals with Factor. So we're going to try that out. We're going to see, uh, see, you know, maybe, maybe a new diet on the horizon for your there boy. You go. Here. I but, like it. All right, Sam, uh, let's jump back into it. we got a lot of good comments here from uh, the chat on Facebook and YouTube. By the way, we need way more likes on the show. This is ridiculous. You guys are sleepy on a Friday. You're here watching. You just haven't liked the show yet. So please hit that like button on Facebook or YouTube. We're asking everybody, what's the biggest question of the Titans offseason? We're not asking for the answer to the question. We want to know what the question is first, so then we can answer it afterwards. So what's the biggest question of the Titans offseason? Uh, and Sam, I'll let you go to the chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Darren says, is it, will DeAndre Hopkins stay? Uh, Brandon says, what will they do with the number seven pick in the draft? Can they find a pillar at left tackle, says uh, John. Uh, let's see, who do you splash the cash on with all of that cap space? What is the big free agent acquisition Stephen thinks uh, would be coming? IR Hoshi says, easy offensive line, and how do you fix it? Uh, MB says, is this coaching staff competent enough? So the, I think this question is a good one to kind of talk about the qualifier you and I discussed before the show, Austin. This is a question that exists for this Titans organization. Is this Titans staff competent, right? As is the question, is Will Levis a star at quarterback? Yada, yada, yada. Like there's a lot of questions, but they are long-term questions and questions that might not be answered until the season. This is an off-season question pertaining to this off-season that will be answered this off-season. Uh, and so big picture stuff that is looming over the organization, I think disqualifies for this conversation. And it needs mm -hmm. to be, something off season specific. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't even know. Like, is there a way like realistic? Is there a realistic outcome for the 2024 season where, you know, for a fact, uh, if this coaching staff is competent, I, because even yeah, if the Titans, I think lose, you could know they're incompetent. I don't think you would know that they're necessarily competent. I, I would say if it goes the wrong way, you can deduce a lot from that. But like if, if the Titans are somewhere between where they were this past season and where you would like to be, you have to ask like, all right, well, year one, right? You have to try and have some sort of patience with that as well. Right. So, but I even think, I don't even know if you're going to find if they're incompetent. Like if they're incompetent, I think it's, I think that's uh, a harder thing to determine because you know the team is trying to switch to a new era, right? So you un you have to understand that there's going to be growing pains. The roster needs a full flip. So even if they're even if they're bad this season, that's kind of the expectation. So I think you have to. There is going to be some type of grace given to the new coaching staff, and because of the whole change. I don't know if the expectation is necessarily that the Titans are going to be bad by the fan base, given the resources at their disposal. I, I was sort of in the same boat you were with Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel last offseason, knowing the roster's not good, but how capable were you actually of fixing all of the problems? I think the Titans took a step in the right direction as far as streamlining their roster to get younger and have more upside. And now with Brian Callahan, you have enough resources 
the team should be better next year. I think that is a, I'm absolutely willing to say that, that if the Titans are not improved in 2024, there is a failure here. Um, And whether that means the coaching staff is incompetent or whatever you want to say, I don't know, but yeah, that is my expectation that with $60 million of cap space and a top 10 draft pick and seemingly a better improved quarterback than the one you started training camp with last year, your team should take a step forward. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So that's NB's uh, biggest question of the off season. Uh, let's see if we see some more coming in here. There's a lot of comments flying, uh, flying in. Uh, Nick says when it's third and four run five yard routes instead of 20 yard routes, that's competency <laughs> to go along with that. So uh, Grim Jim asks, at the biggest question, can the Titans play four full quarters? Because I think that's an interesting point because when Todd Downing was the offensive coordinator in 2022, it's like they started strong and they couldn't get anything done in the second half. And you just saw kind of Tim Kelly, the same type of problems where the Jack Gentry stat of the season, it felt like, oh, the Titans have blown five first half leads this season. If they just hold on to three of them, they're probably in the playoffs, <laughs> you know, uh, but especially because a lot of those games were against the division opponents. So, uh, Sam, what is your biggest question for the Titans this offseason overall? Yeah, so again, even something like playing four quarters to me is a question that we'll have answered in the season. And I'm looking for a big question that I know will be answered over the next couple of months. An offseason specific question. Yes. And the thing that I keep asking myself and keep wondering How big do the Titans go with their wide receiver addition this offseason? I think there is no doubt in anybody's mind they are going to add a wide receiver in some capacity. I mean, you have DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks, but Nick Westbrook-Akine and Chris Moore are both free agents. So, like, you just need wide receivers in general. And that receiving core, nowhere near uh, as good as it needs to be, and uh, nowhere near to the, the caliber that Brian Callahan is used to having running his offense. And so here's just a list. Between the NFL free agents, right? Mm-hmm. Not all free agents are actually free agents, but between yeah. the free agents and the draft. The pending free agents. T. Higgins, Mike Evans, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, Calvin Ridley, Hollywood Brown, Brian Thomas Jr., Michael Pittman Jr., Odell Beckham Jr., Gabe Davis, Keon Coleman, Noah Brown, Troy Franklin, Xavier Leggett, Nicole Hardman, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, Kendrick Bourne, Brandon Powell, Cedric Wilson, Rashid Shahid. Those are names that are available out there in free agency. So my question or draft. Yeah, and draft. Sorry, I threw in the draft prospects. And that's not even like throwing in all like this day two, day three wide receivers that are available in the draft. So who is the wide receiver edition? How big do the Titans go at wide receiver? We already know what Brian Callahan has said. He values in wide receivers. And here's what he had to say during the Titans introductory press conference. What are the qualities that you value most? Um, selfless. That's a big part. Um, you got to have selfless guys. They're a huge part of, of the run game. Um, they run routes to get other guys open. Uh, they work in tandem together. Um, and so that, that's, that's an important part. 
Um, that's a characteristic as far as physical traits go. Um, you want guys that are big, strong, fast, and can catch. Uh, that's that's a pretty pretty easy way to go about it. The more of those guys you have, the better you're going to be. So, um, but yeah, we have. I tell you what's great about about the and this is a, a huge compliment to those receivers um, in Cincinnati. Incredibly selfless. Love playing together. Uh, know when when they're tied that the ball could go anywhere, and so they never complained. Um, not once about who was getting catches or who was getting targets. Um, they knew that at some point it would come for them. And so they just did their jobs every day. They practiced really hard. I thought that was the one thing that was um, really impressive about that group of players is uh, their practice intensity. Uh, they really they'd get after it. And, and that's why we were good is because of the way that they practiced. So um, yeah, I don't know if I, I kind of went on a tangent there. I apologize. But I hope that answered your question. So, uh, Austin, I think this is really interesting because I do believe Brian Callahan understands the value of not just having one good wide receiver, but in having a very good, strong receiving core as a unit. And so whether you're asking the question about, hey, is T. Higgins somebody who the Titans are willing to go trade for after he is most likely franchise tagged or you could ask the same question about Michael Pittman Jr. or a Brandon Ayuk in the, in, you know, we've had that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. About whether or not those guys will be available, whether or not it's realistic to expect a trade, or if you're just looking at the first round of the draft in the number seven pick and the difference between taking a left tackle in a Joe Alt and an Olufushanu or trying to go bigger at wide receiver, just like the Bengals did when they took Jamar Chase uh, at the number seven overall spot and the or number five or wherever it was in the draft that they were five. picking. Um, but they passed on the offensive tackle to take the wide receiver. And so my question that I'm, I think will dictate a lot of the other moves around this team, this off season is how big Brian Callahan wants to go at wide receiver to make this offense, the explosive pass first offense. He dreams it up to be. Yeah, I mean, because let's look at the wide receivers that are under contract, right? It's DeAndre Hopkins for one more year. Traylon yeah. Burks hasn't and, done anything. And I agree Kyle with Phillips. some people in the chat said like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on the team. Yeah, I there was some people asking a question, right, being does Diop come back? I fully expect he's here in 2024. He is under contract. There's no reason why the Titans would want to move on from him in my eyes. So he's back here. But like you said, it's one year yeah. and Traylon Burks hasn't, we know this, right? He hasn't gone to that level where I think if you're looking at a long-term outlook of Will Levis's weapons, you're kind of like, ah, I don't know what you have beyond this past season. And so is this the off season that you get that and try and set it up? For sure. So it's, and yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, wants to be back. I mean, the guy caught a lot of touchdown passes from Will Levis. You know, in nine games that Levis played, D-Hop had a bunch of touchdowns, and that's something that I think that he wants to, to continue to build on as he's continuing to build his Hall of Fame resume. So the other receivers on, on the roster outside of DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks, you have Kyle Phillips going into year three. Tons of question marks about him. And then that's kind of it, right? I mean, there's I mean, really yeah. you literally. I mean, Colton Dowell, but he's got a knee injury, and like yep. <laughs> he had he had knee surgery in December, late December, around Christmas. So you really don't know anything about your wide receiver group 
And, you know, Chris Moore is a free agent. NWI is a free agent. Both of those guys have some type of value, but I don't really know what the priority is going to be. So I think your question is very valid of how big will they go at the wide receiver group? And then kind of a follow-up question to that is how long of a leash do they have on Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips? Because there's a fresh start component to both of those guys with their careers going into year three, but you've also got a, a group of coaches that have done a good job with offensive skill players. Do they identify and evaluate Burks and Phillips to not be above average or quality NFL talents and say, it's better if we move on sooner rather than later, or are they guys that this new staff says we can do something with this? We can get more out of Burks and Phillips than the previous staff did. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Mike Vrabel uh, Mike Vrabel's staff in this exact situation brings back both Chris Moore and NWI and drafts a wide receiver in the fourth round. And uh, that's your receiving core next year. But we know Brian Callahan, uh, how much emphasis he puts on the passing game. And so I, I don't know. I've got a feeling that they're going to prioritize this more than they have in the past. And I think that'll make Titans fans very happy. I do want to check real quick. Okay. Uh, what is the, the, I don't believe DeAndre Hopkins has an out in his deal. Does he? I believe the team does. I will. Yeah, I think um, it's a team out. And I don't believe DeAndre Hopkins has an out. Right. Rarely, rarely do NFL players have a player option. That is an NBA thing. Right. Uh, So I just saw that in the chat. I don't believe he has an out. Uh, It's a two-year contract. Yeah. So I've got the contract pulled up on Spotrack. So here's what the contract was. It was a two-year deal. They had three voided years to help spread out the cap hit. But DeAndre Hopkins collected $13.8 million dollars of cash last year that does not include the incentive bonuses that he hit and i believe sam you did the work on that how much money did d hop hit in his incentives? two million dollars like yeah was, about one seven yeah i think it was like one that. seven five or something like that yeah so so that's look he's making he made about 15 million dollars of cash this past season uh with only having a cap hit of four so that's a big deal there for the titans now that changes drastically because this cap hit goes from $4 million to $17.9 million. So the Titans could cut him. Now it would still, it would save them 10 million on the salary cap, but you'd still have to owe D hop 7.8 on the cap. Yeah. So you're going to keep a, him, right? That's not a, not a cut that's worth it. And no, and you yeah. don't have to make the cut. Like you've got plenty of space uh, and you're not going to move on from D hop. So D hop is set to get $14 million of cash in 2024 before any of the other incentives come into play there. So he's set to make more money with the Titans in his second year uh, than his first year pre-incentive. So Diop's going to be here to stay. There's and no reason clarify. the Titans he should He does not have an out. DeAndre Hopkins cannot opt out of his contract in free agency. Now he could pitch a fit. like He, like can, he, he can ask out if he really wanted to. I don't necessarily foresee that happening, but if Diop's yeah. not happy with the way things are going, you know, we know what wide receivers and running backs do in this league nowadays. And um, that's a possibility, but he is under contract with the Tennessee Titans. So I would... I see people in the chat saying that they heard differently. Well, I'd go and check what uh, what it is that you're hearing because that is 
I think my understanding, your understanding, and most people's understanding of the contract situation. Yeah. Now Bobby says Birch in the slot will save his career. You know, I think that's something that could be very interesting of how he's being utilized to, to maximize his skill set instead of just having him run uh clear out routes or cardio, um, you know, as he was doing late in the season. All right. So Sam, we've been asking the question, what is the biggest question of the Titans offseason? I have yet to get to mine. Uh, restate uh, yours real quick, just for the easy transition here. Final time I'll say it here, uh, but my biggest question, how big do the Titans go at wide receiver in either free agency or the draft? But how big is the free agent wide receiver addition this offseason? All right. So mine is somewhat related, but it's different. And I think it's an off-season question mark, but it has much bigger of an impact on the entire organization for this generation to come. So I'm going to get to mine here in a second. But first, Krebs Kubota is where you should turn for all of your equipment needs. If uh, you need any equipment help, Krebs Kubota, they have the best customer service in Middle Tennessee, and they have three locations to set you up for that customer service with Murfreesboro, Columbia, and Franklin. They're online at KrebsKubota.com. Family-owned and operated for over 18 years, so they know how to get this thing done the right way to build a responsible, trustworthy relationship with you, the Middle Tennessean who needs help and assistance with their equipment and needs that equipment provider. Uh, also, they're an elite Kubota dealer, which means they have the best equipment on top of that customer service, in the, in the industry to go along with the best customer service and the best warranties with their access to Kubota National. So Krebs Kubota is the spot for you. Check them out in Columbia, Franklin, or Murfreesboro online at KrebsKubota.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM and the BetMGM app. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with the King of Sportsbooks and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Even if your first bet loses, whatever that wager amount was that you put into your account goes back into your account with a second chance to win big. That's the best way to do sports betting when you get two chances to hit big. So that's what BetMGM offers you. Use that bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM and BetMGM.com. All right, so ESPN asked all of their uh, NFL Nation insiders What's the biggest question of the offseason for all 32 teams? We'll get to Teron Davenport's answer still here in a little bit. But Sam, my biggest question for the off for the offseason really is about Brian Callahan's philosophy and how his philosophy will create the foundation of this next Titans generation for potentially a decade to come. Because I remember sitting on the rooftop of Acme Feed and Seed going into week 18 against the Jags, what feels like a year and a half ago was just a month and a half ago with Jack and that pregame show saying, this could be the last game of the core, the trio, the faces of Mike Vrabel, Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Like are, are is one going to be back? Are all three gone? And that was with a little hint, hint that Mike Vrabel was potentially on the chopping block too during that week 18 pregame show before they beat the Jags. Brian Callahan's philosophy will create that next trio. Brian Callahan's face is right there on the stadium. Will Levis's face will be a part of this trio on that stadium. Who's the third guy? That third guy is the seventh overall draft pick. 
There's no doubt in my mind that the third guy to join Brian Callahan and Will Levis is the third overall pick. Does Callahan go? Uh, yeah, seventh overall pick. Seventh overall pick. My bad. I'd love it if they have the third overall yeah, pick. Yeah, I know, Let's right? Let's make that happen. Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> so, but is that a wide receiver or is it a left tackle? Is it Joe Alt and Will Levis to go along with Peter Skaronsky on the left side? Is that the guy? Or is it a Malik Neighbors, a Roma Dunze, a Brock Bowers, Olaf Fashanu? Who is the third face to stand up next to Brian Callahan and Will Levis for the next eight to 10 years? Because that's what you're doing. You're drafting a foundational piece for your franchise at seventh overall to have for the next eight to 10 years. And I'm fascinated to see. I'm Yeah, hopefully. I'm fascinated to see what position it is and what does it mean for Brian Callahan because we've seen Callahan be a part of the Jamar Chase over Pene Sewell. So I think that's the biggest question because it's not just about like, oh, what's the right thing for Will Levis? You know, like is drafting a weapon for him to build with or drafting a left tackle. It's like, man, you're trying to set up the next eight to 10 years and it all weighs on the seventh overall pick to start fresh with a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback. Yeah, I think this is uh, kind of a, a spin that I, I consider this exact question, but a spin on on my question as well, because we know the Titans needs this offseason, or at least the primary ones, right? I think it's the main three of receiver, O-line, cornerback. Those are the three that come to mind when you're looking at what three things do they need to be sure to address and the looming question that I think will come out in the draft, right, is what do they prioritize of those three? What do they go and feel the strongest about as a need that they need to fill? And so uh, not just for this season, not just for the next couple of seasons, if you're looking at getting, at, like you are in my question, a receiver to help Will Levis for the next few years or however long it ends up being, with the seventh overall pick, you are taking somebody who is going to join a group of maybe five Titans players that we're confident will be playing in the new stadium. I mean, who are the names right now, Austin, that you feel good about that on this Titans roster will play in the new Titans stadium? Jeffrey Simmons and Will Levis. Peter Skaronsky. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Peter Skaronsky is in that. Maybe it's those three, though. I mean, Tajay Spears, you'd like to say, but running backs, we know, like, we just know it's a second contract for a running back right now and what the league's precedent is for that sort of thing. I don't think there's really anything guaranteed outside of those three names. And you are drafting somebody at seventh overall that is absolutely Ryan Stonehouse, probably punting in the new stadium, I guess. But um, I don't know. It depends on how well real estate goes. I guess. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, you are adding a name at seventh overall that you are going to have under contract when that new stadium opens. And the expectation is going to be, like you said, that this guy joins the Mount Rushmore of this era of Titans football. Or you, uh, It's a name you're putting on the marquee. You've got the theater outside. You've got brand new Titans stadium. Here's the new key, new Tennessee Titans, Brian Callahan, Will Levis, and who? And, and, you know, whoever the seventh overall pick is, 
fair or not, the expectation is going to be that they live up to the marquee. Um, and yeah. so I'm curious as, as much as you are. It's why I think it's a good question. What do they prioritize with that? Who do they want to be that third name on the marquee? Yeah, for sure. Because like the stadium is going to open for the 2017 season. So you've got 24, 25, 26. So anybody who's currently under a rookie year deal this past season is going to have to be re-signed or Peter Skaronsky paying playing on his fifth year option. Yeah. So that's where I, I find this interesting uh, because, you know, Will Levis, you would expect, I, I did see somebody say uh, Levis won't be in the new stadium. Um, yeah. Curtis says Levis at the new stadium would be surprising. Um, I saw somebody else. Uh, Eric says uh, Will Levis won't make it into the you know, new stadium. I don't necessarily disagree with that point. I, I, I think Will Levis will be there because I'm, I'm a believer in Will Levis, uh, have been, and I will continue to be until he shows me a reason not to be. But I do think if you're a little bit less uh, bullish on Will Levis than I am, we know what this NFL is. We know the lack of patience that teams have for quarterbacks where it's like, one to two years. And if it's not working, we'll see you. We have to try our hands somewhere else. And I mean, there is a real possibility that, you know, Levis could be good, but you could be post 2025 and Levis has had two good years, but never really been great. And Brian Callen and the Titans are like, Hey, we want more. We want to do better. We're going to use our pick on a quarterback. Who knows? Uh, You know, that that's the league right now. And so I think Will Levis is the future at quarterback for this team. I think you, Austin, would say the same thing right now where where we currently sit. Uh, but it is a volatile league, especially at, when it comes to the most important position in the sport. Yeah, and the, the future of the Titans is Will Levis. But that doesn't mean it's a 10-year future or an 8-year right. future or a 5-year future. It just means that the future of 2024 is in Will Levis's right and hand. 20, I, I would give him 24 and 25 are the Will sure. Levis guaranteed, guaranteed. He's probably your quarterback. That's your future, right? Based on the results over those two years, you can have your own opinion about 10 years from now. Yeah. Here's, I think, the main difference between my biggest question for the Titans being about the seventh overall pick being the foundation and yours, which is how big do they go at wide receiver? Yours could include a big free agent deal. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. And, and I don't think a free agent deal at wide receiver or left tackle is that three-headed monster, the three-headed face of the mm-hmm. Titans for – because free agency is like four years and out. I think it depends who it is. I mean – but, but this Mike, is, here's what I'm saying. Michael because, Pittman Jr. in a trade and the Titans go huge and go get Michael yeah, but the Pittman The Colts Jr. aren't going to be trading Michael Pittman oh, Jr. Oh, I, I agree in general. But, but it's T. Like, Higgins, right? Higgins, like, if you're we saying, talked Brandon Ayuk, right? If it's one of those guys that is very good and young enough to have four years of future with this organization uh, is... Well, I think it's, it's not just the initial contract. It's plus. It's the two sure. contract player. That's who I'm looking for at seventh overall. It's the two contract player to go along with a two contract quarterback in Will Levis. If all goes right, to go along with the brand new head coach that should get a contract extension too, right? I don't know if T. Higgins and or Calvin Ridley 
or any of these other free agent wide receiver names, Brandon Ayuk is a second contract Titan here, like the seventh overall pick is. I don't know. Like, even if they go tackle, like they could go tackle at in free agency, but I don't think that's more than a four or five year duct tape job, the very expensive duct tape job, but it's still not a two contract player with this organization. That's what I'm looking for. Sure. Uh, I mean, obviously you can't guarantee the seventh overall pick is going to be a two contract player either, but there's sure better be. I've already told you, I think there's three. (sighs) This is is something I talked about yesterday on a podcast, but I, the, the hit rate on first round picks is about 50, 50. And uh, I think it, the definition of can't miss prospects or like guaranteed prospects, uh, I think is a little bit liberal nowadays where the people view the words can't miss is like, he's for sure going to get a second contract. The reality is there's a good chance. Whoever you take at seventh overall is like, not, uh, I think you just probably need to try and get somebody who's going to be impactful for four to five years. And then, you know, see what go what happens. That's, and and what you just said about that is why I think Brock Bauer should be an option for the Tennessee Titans. Why is that? Just the fact that he's a dude. Like I, I've, maybe it was with Jack last week when we talked about this. I think there are three great players who are your best chances for a second contract guy that you can get at seven, right? And I think it's Joe Alt. I think it's Malik Neighbors, and I think it's Brock Bowers. I would agree. I think those three guys are your best options for second contract players at seventh overall. Like, sure, there's guys that won't be available that will be second contract guys, but I don't know if Roma Dunze is a second contract guy. I feel better about Neighbors than than Roma Dunze. I don't know if Olafashanu is. I feel like Alt is a better bet. Yeah. And Brock Bowers is a guy. Brock Bowers is a dude. And so if you can get a second, that's why I'm saying like you're, you're that, picking seventh. You better get a great player. Yeah. If I mean, Brock Bowers is a great player and Brock Bowers is that, then I think that's considered success. Now, I mean, I, it, again, I, he's not my first option. Don't get me wrong, but I do think he should be an option because I think he's a great player. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've, I've made my thoughts clear before, but I, I tight end at seven would be peculiar to me where I, I would be a little bit, turned off by that uh, and that's nothing against Brock Bowers but and I do agree with you I guess this to your point right you hated this analogy that I used but yeah I said Brock Bowers might just be Cole Komet which I oh, still oh. kind of believe uh Cole Komet got a second contract got a big second contract uh and played up to it so like e- even that level of productive tight end uh is a second contract guy who's going to be a Chicago Bear by the end of his deal for eight years or whatever it is. And like, you know, that's a productive player in their offense for eight years. So if, if Brock Bowers is that, and he's still a second contract player, you are still getting to that eight year point. I just think the, the NFL world as a whole uh, views generational prospects far too like, or labels prospects as generational yeah. prospects way too frequently. We label guys as can't miss which I do think is legitimate, but I think we need to watch how we define can't miss uh, because I think fans, casual fans, media is guilty of it too. View the idea of a can't miss player as 
He's going to be on this team for 10 years. He's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player at where he plays. My answer to that is if that was a guarantee coming out that he would be a pro bowler at his position for 10 years, he probably would have gone like first overall or second overall. Like, yeah, but I think that's where, that's where the draft process and people getting kind of hung up in the positional value thing. And I think with Pierce Gronsky being a guard, I believe that's one of those, like people tell you, why are you taking a guard at 11? Well, well if I, Peter Skronsky is a decade or eight to 10 year player at 11, then that's a great draft pick. Yeah. Well, Peter Skronsky is what I would define last year. And I defined it during the draft process as can't miss. And I think we've gotten sort of, we've, we've fallen off the course a little bit as the Tennessee Titans world, whether it's media or fan base or whatever it is, because both are very guilty of it, of viewing Peter Skaronsky as being average and having a solid, pretty average year as a rookie and saying, you took an average guard at 11. What the heck are you doing? That's a terrible draft pick. How can you possibly do that? But the fact of the matter is by can't miss, I think the meaning of that to me is Peter Skaronsky was a guy that you were going to play week one. It was going to be impactful on your team and was most likely going to get a second contract unless there was an injury and he might never be an all pro. He might never be a pro bowler, but he's a starter and he's going to have an impact. There's other guys in the draft that you're taking a shot on. You're taking a shot on ceiling, but there's a possibility that they flame out in two years that you're taking a left tackle and it's Alex Leatherwood more than it is a Penny Sewell. And you're kind of going, what happened here? He's off our team after two seasons, and we took him 10th overall. Uh, there are prospects that are just going to come in and have an impact of some sort, even if it's just an adequate impact. So I think Brock Bowers is a guy like that. Where Bro- Brock Bowers is not going to suck. He's going yeah. to be solid at worst. Very good. He's going to be solid. And so that's why I'm saying maybe he is just a very good tight end in Cole Komet. Maybe he is an elite tight end and he's in the conversations with the Kelsey Kittle, Mark Andrews of the NFL, right? I don't know where that line is for Brock Bowers, but if you're looking for a guy that is can't miss because he's going to be on your team and going to be a a player that has an impact on your team, he's there. I would say the same thing, like you said, about a Joe Alt or a Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors is not going to suck. I feel so good about saying that. I think he's going to be a, a good, productive NFL wide receiver. I'm more bullish on him than most. I would actually put Malik Neighbors like, I think he's going to be really good. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I can see a world where, hey, maybe Roma Dunze does bust out. Do I necessarily think he will? No, but I, I feel less secure in that. Yeah, so I, I, I totally I, back what you're saying. I yeah. just think we have to qualify how we view prospects as far as like, oh, he's a 10-year guy. The reality is most guys aren't 10-year guys, and no, that's okay. But are they second contract guys? So are they like six-year players who's a cap casualty after year six because his contract is too big, and now he's 28 years old, 29 years old, and you'd rather replace him with, with a cheaper draft pick, right? So – and when I'm saying there are three players that I think have the best chance of being great, that's the highest floor in a, of a position that the Titans would have to help Will Levis. It's Alt, Neighbors, Bowers. You know, I saw you favorited a comment about Kyle Pitts. 
And so I was curious to see what you were going to bring up with that comment from IR Hoshi about Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of forgot. I liked that. Uh, he said, I eat Kyle Pitts. Dude's been very underwhelming. I think talking about what I was referring to tight ends and just kind of having an impact. The story on Kyle Pitts coming out of Florida to me was that he was a can't miss tight end prospect. I would say he's lived up to that. I, has he been underwhelming? Sure. If your standard for Kyle Pitts was going to be that he was an elite NFL receiving tight end threat, that his athleticism was unlike something that was in the league and was going to translate into being one of the best in the sport. But I think Kyle Pitts is still probably a top 10 tight end. Uh, I, I think his impact in the running game with his athleticism, just as a decoy route runner, is something that's very impactful for the Falcons. And I think Kyle Pitts is just a good, productive player. So if if the label on Kyle Pitts coming out of college was that he was a can't-miss tight end, I think he's a perfect example of a guy that everybody in the NFL world likes to clown. Everybody likes to say, hasn't been as good as he should have been. He was supposed to be the can't-miss guy. I look at Kyle Pitts and say, he's lived up to his floor and I think still has the potential to hit a ceiling in the right spot. And maybe it never happens, but I don't think you look back on the Kyle Pitts draft pick and necessarily go, that was horrific. Here's, here's the difference of that is because Kyle Pitts is not the same tight end as Brock Bowers. Kyle Pitts was used at Florida strictly as a, separated from the line of scrimmage pass catcher. Yeah. He was a jumbo receiver that had mismatches against every college football defense that he lined up against. And as a rookie, he had a thousand yards with the Falcons. Not only scored one touchdown, which you'd like to have more than that, but he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns in his NFL career. One, two, and three in each of his three seasons. And he had the drop off. He got hurt in year two and didn't exactly have the best year, but he bounced back some this past season. But the Falcons, we know quarterback play was disgusting and Arthur Smith got fired because of other things, right? Kyle Pitts and Brock Bowers should not be used for conversations about one another. They're different players. Brock Bowers is a full-fledged tight end where Kyle Pitts is Jimmy Graham. Uh, what makes Jimmy Graham not a full-fledged tight end? <laughs> the dude, Jimmy Graham, his agent, tried to get him wide receiver money. True, but Jimmy Graham That's is also why. a physical monster that can run block. So, I mean... But didn't and, and was not. Like, Jimmy Graham was trying so hard to be considered a wide receiver because that's what his... That's what his usage was. That's what his role was, was pass catching, not blocking. He had the ability to, but he didn't want to. Jimmy Graham wanted to be a wide receiver. Tony tied up Tony says Jimmy Graham six foot seven. Guys, Kyle Pitts six six. Like, okay, sorry, there's an inch off there. But Brock Bowers is six four and a willing blocker. Brock Bowers I think is Kyle Pitts is a willing blocker. I think he's a good yeah, block. but he's, he's but he's blocker. not, but that's not his he had to earn that. He had to learn how to do it. Brock sure. Bowers knows how to do it. Now, like Kyle Pitts had to learn to block coming out of Florida. Brock Bowers, there's tape. James Foster's got it on his Twitter account. Brock Bowers, good blocking. And he's a good blocker. He's got he's got skills. He's got techniques. He's learned and been coached how to block because of the Georgia offense. 
And so that I think Brock Bowers, now don't get me out of my mind. I'm just, I'm, I'm using players to compare play styles. Kyle Pitts is more like a Jimmy Graham play style. Brock Bowers is more like a Travis Kelsey play style. He's not a George Kittle play style. Like Cole Komet kind of somewhere. Like you that. keep bringing up Cole Komet. Like people outside of Chicago even care or remember what type of player Cole Komet was. Cole Komet's a dog. That, that's the type sure. of that's the type of player be. Cole Komet is. But he's not relatable to the Titans audience. I actually like, no, but I actually think <laughs> it, it, it. I'm not just bringing that up just to bring that up. Like I actually do see some of Cole Komet in Brock Bowers. Uh, Cole Komet is it's fine. Bigger, six six two sixty. Brock Bowers is six foot four. But they are players who are very, like you said, willing, capable, talented run blockers that are complete tight ends. Brock Bowers, you could argue, has more of a receiving ability, but I think as Cole Komet has developed in the NFL, I mean, he had 70 catches and over 700 yards this past year. Yeah, He's my, turned into a very good tight end, but I, I do that almost as a compliment to Brock Bowers. You keep no, I understand, him as an but nobody else knows Cole Komet like you do. He's not a relatable player he's a, as he's a the comp. first tight end taken in his draft class. Nobody, what? Nobody cares. Nobody like, like right. again. That's why I'm trying to use skills. I feel skills like he's a relevant tight. I feel like he's a top ten tight end that is relevant in the league. That's and, fine, <laughs> but nobody understands it. It's like, uh, what's a good example? Um, it's like people in outside of, it's like if you were talking to the New York Jets fan base and you're like, you know what? This guy is like Danico Autry. Everybody here understands what Danico Autry is and right. how good hey, he is. I'll tap out. I will stop. But the New up. York Jets, they don't give a damn about Danico Autry or know who the hell Danico Autry is. All right. you I'll, get, stop I'll stop talking Cole Komet. I'll stop talking Cole Komet. Sorry. Okay. All right. So, Danico Autry is a top 10. And I got to not look at the chat. I'm, I'm going to be the bigger person and not call a timeout on Orlando for slandering and, my boy Cole right now. I'm not going to call a timeout. Though. Zach S. says, glad Austin thinks the audience is stupid. I don't think you guys are stupid. No, I, just I understand what you mean. Because you're going like, too deep cut. <laughs> it isn't. Ah, again, I don't know if it's, it's a deep not, cut. Top 10 I'm tight losing, end. Look, but it's, it's about it's not that losing... the audience is stupid. It's just Danico Autry is not a household name. The same Thank way Cole you. Komet is not a household name. Where unless you're in the weeds of the NFL, you yes. might have heard of Cole Komet. You might have seen Cole Komet on your fantasy team. I'm not sure anybody's watched tape of Cole Komet and understands what he does for the Bears on a week-in, week-out basis. Because that's not the weeds and the, the corner of the NFL that you're in. The same way that with Danico Autry, right? Jets fans know who Danico Autry is. They've heard the name. They've seen the double-digit sacks. They don't know the, the pass rush style that he the plays beast, with. And, right? and so, all right, there we go. Yeah, that, that's, again, that's the overall point. But, again, enough of the Brock Bowers. All right, Sam, let's get to uh, Teron Davenport answered the question, right? We were way so off much, Yeah, that was uh, off the rails. But all right, This is the offseason, off though. We, yeah, we can do what we want. It's the offseason. All right, so we got Tron Davenport to answer the question. Uh, what is the biggest question of the Titans offseason? But first, Sam, tell everybody about the Bone and Joint Institute. The Bone and Joint Institute, they're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. You don't want to fumble on your recovery. And whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who to trust. You can trust our friends over at the Bone and Joint Institute. They're located in Franklin with a state-of-the-art rehab facility located right off the highway, so it's easy and accessible. Uh, and their facility to... 
uh, really do anything you need. It's a one-stop shop. No driving all over middle Tennessee to go to different appointments. They've got clinic, rehab, imaging, surgery, testing, all in the same spot out in Franklin. So good doctors, good care, uh, and someone you can trust with your recovery. Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin. Schedule an appointment at boneandjointtn.org. All right, A to Z Sports here live. Also, we'll give a shout out as always to our friends at BetMGM, where you can use our bonus code ATOZ Sports. That's ATOZ Sports uh, to get a first bet offer that can't be beat. That's up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. So you sign up with our bonus code with BetMGM and you go big with that first bet. I don't know what, I don't care what it is, but you go big with it because if you miss, no problem. You get all of that money up to $1,500 back uh, in bonus bets with BetMGM. So get your game started that, that way. Look, it's college hoop season. This is winning season for the rest of this month before we get to tournament play. It's always fun with BetMGM. So visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older. It's the only new customer offer. All promotions are certain qualifications, eligible requirements. First online room, room money wager only. Rewards issues, non job bonus bets, bonus bets, expires seven days. And for probably games, call Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. All right. Real quick, just want to say, uh, because the chat is cracking me up right here, I think I'm just yeah. going to start working. Like Cole Komet's just going to be a show reference that pops no. up. Like it, I do not want this to be, be like, an inside joke. I'm just going to be like, mm, you know who this guy reminds me of? Cole Komet type of guy. And that that's it. We're going to – I'm going to try and work Cole Komet into as many conversations as we can now because uh. – just to spite some of the people. Wow. <laughs> and you're just to spite me. Yeah. It's yeah. Me. Yeah. You're, you're mainly you, but <laughs> yes. Oh God. Remember I do, I do uh, go uh, hit submit on your paychecks. Yeah. Remember, that remember who I am. You know? You're going to take <laughs> out a whole commit tax. It'll be like, uh, yes. I'm like, Hey, why are we 50 bucks less than the, this cycle? You're like, Cole well, Komet you five cold commit references this week. <laughs> $10, $10 off a reference. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, so uh, we've asked this question. We've used this from ESPN's biggest question for the Titans, and it blends the past and the future. Our guy, Teron Davenport, our buddy at ESPN.com covering the Titans, answered it with this. Has Derrick Henry played his last game for the Titans? And he goes through Henry's 9,500 rushing yards, just 507 behind Eddie, most in Oilers uh, Titans history. At 30, he is set to hit free agency for the first time. The Titans have a new staff with a new offensive philosophy. They'll focus on passing the ball more. New coach Brian Callahan said Henry could absolutely the scheme, though. Henry's quest for a Super Bowl ring is something he's talked about frequently. When asked about free agency, he added that he would love to win with the Titans. Will the two parties be able to come to an agreement? So that's what TD says is the biggest question of the Titans offseason. I don't agree with Tron that it's the biggest question, but I do think it's probably top four or five, which I said earlier in the show, there's a lot of, I mean, there are probably four or five questions that I, I think uh, could be argued for biggest question of the off season. But Sam, how do you feel about Tron's answer here? I mean, I think nationally, it makes a lot of sense. Nationally, Derrick Henry sure. is the Titans. Derrick Henry is what NFL fans associate with the Titans. And so uh, as they, you know, the same way you like every fan base has a perception of fan bases outside of their own of like uh, what life is like there. What are some of the key storylines over there? If you just look around the league, you name a team, there's probably a storyline that jumps out to you as being like, oh, is this person going to be back or what's the deal with this situation? And uh, 
I think when NFL fans think of the Titans, they think, is Derrick Henry going to be back or not? Um, so I, I don't necessarily believe it's the biggest question because I think it's a question that, I mean, we'll get into that I think has an answer. Um, and some of the other questions we brought up on today's show, I don't have an answer for, which I think makes them better, more intriguing questions. But I understand how nationally this is probably what people want to know and what people are asking. Yeah, and, and I think um, you know Nick says that's a disappointing take from TD. That's a national media type of take, which I, you know, I I don't know this, but my guess is that you know Tehran has editors, and just like every NFL Nation reporter does, and they are looking more on a national scope of. What is the biggest question? I think it's a super fair question, though. I mean, like, I I, I wouldn't say this is a disappointing take at all. I I mean, it's not what I picked, but I think it's a fair question because if Derrick Henry does return to the Titans, I mean, it's a massive storyline for the 2024 season. Uh, And it's a it shakes up a lot of what at least I perceive to be the plan for the Titans. I think there's this perception right now of Brian Callahan and the new Titans that it's like, all right, it's Tajay Spears' show. It's going to be a lot of pass first. They're going to kind of go with a new identity. And if Derrick Henry is back and is your running back or is at least splitting carries in the running back, maybe it doesn't look quite like we thought. Maybe it looks different at least. And that, that isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just a reality. It shakes things up a lot. Yeah, I think that's you can view Tehran's question as the bigger picture, right? Is this or has Derrick Henry played his last game? If the answer is yes, then that means the Titans are going in a more modernized direction. If the answer is no, that means the Titans are probably still trying to hang on a little bit to bridge the gap to make this less of a financial hit from the awareness of the organization. I think that's absolutely right. I I mean, I I think it can be mutually beneficial to bring Derrick Henry back because it is a soften the blow type of transition. It would be a farewell tour type of year for Derrick where there is no like previewing the end and wondering like, Oh, what does the future hold that you would go into the season? Assuming it's on a, a one-year deal. uh, You'd go into the season knowing, all right, this is it. And Derrick Henry, every time he plays a road game, it was his last time playing at so-and-so as a Titan, uh, whatever. And, And so it makes the transition a little bit easier. I think it could be mutually beneficial because Derek is chasing records as we all know. And I actually don't know off the top of my head, how many yards he needs to become the all-time franchise leader, but it's 507. It's 507. So, I mean, that's a realistic number for him to hit, even if he's splitting carries with Tajay Spears next season. Um, And there's financial benefit to that. There's also sort of just a, feel good benefit to that of Derek hitting 10 K with the organization, Derek going up in the ring of honor, all of these things that could potentially be a thing. Oh, and leadership too. Not that Derek is the most vocal leader, but I think he walks around and commands respect just by being Derek Henry and other guys on the offense feel that. So not that there is not no benefit of 
doing this. Uh, this is yeah. certainly something that I think is still on the table. And Brian Callahan made clear he was open to. Right. Uh, Jay says Amy won't let Henry go. Um, and Hell Lady says Henry can help his team win. And I think you look at the trade deadline, they did not move Derek Henry. They moved Kevin Byard. Right. <clears throat> and and there was some discussions. I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, Henry went on bus with the boys and was mentioned. That, yeah, there were some rumblings about that he could be moved, but it didn't happen. Why? Who stopped it? I don't know. It's something that I don't think we'll know until years later down the road when all involved parties are more separated from the situation that can discuss in more of a tell-all style. But yeah, I think it is an interesting question. I still think my trend is that Henry is not back because there's too much of a good opportunity for a clean break and a clean reset rather than trying to blend the past and the future. That's just going to get blurry. I agree. I, I think you, it, it is a dangerous game to try and do that. And, um, I think Titans fans as a whole have sort of accepted it at this point. I think we've hit a level of acceptance in the fan base where if it came out, oh, Derrick Henry signing a one-year deal with the, I don't know, Eagles, whoever, right? I, I don't think there's going to be outrage of like, how did you not bring Derrick Henry back? I think fans are going to kind of see it coming. And so this is a good opportunity to get that clean break that you mentioned. Um, and so that you know, as Devin says too, like Derrick Henry wants a ring. Derrick Henry's not going to be playing on the Titans three years from now. That I know for sure. And so if that is the realistic championship trajectory for the Titans, where you're looking at two or three years down the line, uh, what good does it do Derrick to use his last few years of what he believes is still elite production where he thinks he can still run for 2000 yards. He said, I'm busting with the boys. He still has that much confidence in himself. What good does it do him to use that year uh, on a Titans team when he won't be getting line share carries and he doesn't have a realistic chance of winning a Super Bowl? Yeah. And um, you know, Bobby says Henry could easily play five more years. <clears throat> Terrence says two to four year deal. I think Henry will still run the, uh, the field with a good old line. I think for a 30 year old, anything, maybe outside of kicker, punter, and quarterback. Once you hit 30, four years is a long time. And yeah. a lot can go wrong in a four-year span. Now, guys do it. Hell, Danico Autry is about to be 34. Frank Gore, dude had, Frank Gore did it for – I mean, Frank Gore is the, the car that has 350,000 miles but still keeps on trucking, right? And Well, and the reality is it just happens so fast. Like Derrick Henry could have another 1,000-yard season this year, could have another huge year this year. And you could be looking at it realistically, and, and I can't fault you for saying, I think he can keep doing it. I think he can do it for three more years. And then you could just wake up one fall, and he could just not be the same back. I mean, how many guys have we seen that happen to? It's it's the reality yeah. of, of the position. So yeah. it, it's, now, it's so hard to predict a future like that of, oh, five more years – Right at this age, at this position, you kind of have to take things in like a one to two year chunk at, at most. Yeah, I, I'm almost at the stance that I got to see Derrick Henry in his last game as a Titan as of now go out with a bang, and I'm okay with that. Right? I I, I would rather it go that way than watch Derrick Henry have the Houston Texans 12 carries for nine yards for a season. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
That's what I would rather. Yeah, than do like what Ezekiel as a as a fan as a respected viewer and you know lover of the game. I want to see the great go out with respect, go out in situations with respect rather than hang around way too long like Adrian Peterson had to do. Yeah, it's like Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott this year, right? He Ezekiel Elliott's been a great back, and he wasn't bad this year. He was a productive running back, and he, you know, it helped his team. Didn't help his team win because they didn't win many games. Uh, but like, I, I would look at a box score and be like, "Oh, Zeke had forty-five yards today. Good for him." And I, it's like, how sad is it that a guy who was going for fifteen hundred? Made the uh, running with the crop top iconic and just did so many great Eat things. A bowl in college, of cereal, yeah. college in the NFL, and I'm just like, oh, good for him. He had 45 rushing yards today. I don't want to feel that about Derrick Henry. I don't want to be like, ooh, vintage Henry. He's got 22 for 85 on the ground. Like, yeah. you know, he went out. If this was his last game, went out in dominant Derrick Henry fashion, and there is something to that. Absolutely. All right, Sam. Let's go ahead and get. To the end of the show, wrap up this week, going into a three-day weekend for a lot of people. But first, before good news, we get to Farm Bureau Health Plans. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for all of your health coverage. They can help you out, and they've been doing it for over 75 years across the entire state of Tennessee. Hey, signing up for year three with A to Z Sports as well. We're very excited about our continued partnership uh, with Farm Bureau Health Plans and what we can continue to do to help our community, because that's what Farm Bureau Health Plans is all about, community, because they're... Uh, involved and invested with the Titans, with the Tennessee Vols, other colleges, with youth sports leagues across the entire state, and involved with our A to Z community as well to help you get the right coverage for your situation. It could be anything, whether you have a growing family, you're planning to grow a family, you're out there by yourself, independent contractor trying to just you know grind through it and and uh, you know put your head down and keep on going through life to make it. Farm your health plans can be that safety net security blanket for you with your coverage. So check them out, get a quote online and start your process by going to fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Bet MGM powering today's show. Use the bonus code ATOZ sports and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. When you sign up with bet MGM, uh, it, you know, February can be tough for sports. So this is the one time of year that you're just trying to trying to get to the next thing. You're you're eyeing March Madness, you're eyeing Major League Baseball, uh waiting for it. And I I'm sitting here right now chomping at the bit for some of these intense college basketball games late in the year to get on my television screen so that I can bet them with BetMGM. It's my favorite time of year to be betting. While everybody else is complaining about how there's no sports going on, I'm playing on BetMGM with college basketball. And if you want to do it too, you got to do it with BetMGM and you got to use the bonus code ATOZ Sports. You can get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So maybe you're taking the 15 seed upset and you're riding it all the way home. And you can do it and you can get the money back in the form of a bonus bet. That's the good news. Uh, so uh, this March, as the madness ensues over the next few weeks, make sure you're signing up with the king of sportsbooks. New ride at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Talking about a car that's going to last 350,000 miles. They can hook you up with that thing. Uh, get your new ride. Make WilsonCountyHyundai.com a part of your new car buying process. Go see them in Lebanon. Look, Sam, college basketball is my favorite bet MGM season. Oh, I, yeah. I Not was, close. <laughs> I, 
betting Gonzaga Loyola Marymount on a Thursday night and win. That is that is so funny that you bring up Gonzaga Loyola Marymount because as Zach Bingham will note, uh, he and I made a lot of money uh, about a year ago today. Yeah. On a Gonzaga Loyola Marymount basketball game. <laughs> it was that. the the biggest bet of my life. Uh, one of the bigger bets of Zach's life that we were in cahoots on. And uh, we we did cash Gonzaga against Loyola Marymount. But it, it's great. It's actually the the type of bet that I have the most success on. Oh, it's fun. MLB is always a toss-up of like, you can pick, I can pick player props well. It, any run line or game result in MLB is crazy. Uh, I'm okay at the NFL. I am horrifically bad at NBA and college football betting. I lose just about everything with both of those. But I, college basketball, I usually do pretty well. So this is a good time. There you go. Yeah, it is a good time. All right, good news here to wrap up this week. Let's see. Good news in the chat. Uh, let's see. I see uh, Devin saying, ain't that good news? Big Ten Jeff continues to be a loser at life as an internet tough guy oh no chat on chat crime today uh with some good news and then jeff follows up with my good news involves major league baseball and it's not the commissioner i don't know what that is um but uh well the commissioner uh is no longer going to be the commissioner in 2029 uh Mm. so there is an end to his tenure which myself and a lot of baseball fans are probably excited about uh, i think it's good news because i i'm not a rob manford guy there you not go. a rob yeah. manford guy not many people are jeff good news is actually that he met adam wainwright yesterday he's a cool dude also ohio state finally fired chris holtman the basketball coach there so uh shout out to jeff meeting adam wainwright. where did you meet adam wainwright what's he what's he doing right now Retired Adam Wainwright. Recently retired Adam Wainwright. Probably going to Disney because Jeff spends the majority of his time at Disney when he's not watching A to Z sports. Or Italy. Those are his two spots. Yeah, that too. In Italy. That too. Uh, What is – oh, how about this? Uh, Dwayne, my son got a full scholarship to University of Arizona to play golf. Hey, now. That's awesome. That's a great place to play golf. I was literally (laughs) literally going to say the same thing. That was going to be the next words out of my mouth is – might be a, like a top five place that I'd want to go get a scholarship to play golf as University of Arizona. That's sick. That's uh, yes, uh, no doubt. Uh, Rooney says his good news is the forty percent off the merch for A to Z Sports. Uh, yeah, that's exactly correct. And it, I'll just show you right now. It's forty percent off all of our stuff at shop. A to Z So go get that uh, right there. Shop. A to Z Please buy our stuff. I'm, you know, wearing the this one logo chest uh, plate shirt, and uh, Sam's got the A to Z hat on right there. So, uh, Sam, what is your good news? My good news is uh, a dinner reservation that I have tomorrow night, um, and I cannot reveal where it is because uh, my fiance does watch the show sometimes, especially at the end of the show. She likes the end of show. She likes these end segments, and so she yes. does watch sometimes, and. Uh, I don't know if she's watching, but it's it's a surprise. So it, it is a surprise dinner. Uh, it Like, not a surprise that we're going to dinner, but a surprise where we're going to dinner. We're kind of doing a, a delayed Valentine's Day sort of celebration because Valentine's Day sucks that it's in the middle of the week, like most of the time. That's just like a, 
nobody ever wants to do anything because you all got to wake up for work the next day. So you can't really go out to dinner. I don't know, whole deal. Um, but yeah, that's going down tomorrow. I'm fired up for where we're going. I'm pumped. Uh, and you know, I'll tell you off air. So oh, so. oh it sounds good. It sounds good. Uh, well for me, February is the month of birthdays. Uh, so I said last Friday was going out for my mom's birthday Friday night with my family did that. Uh, and then, uh, also Sunday going to go out with my grandmother for her birthday. So 85, uh, for uh, Nancy. So yeah. So happy birthday coming up on Sunday. We'll go have dinner. And then, uh, next week, uh, my good news will probably be about my wife's birthday because, uh, mom, grandmother, my wife all right there in a row in the month of February. So a heavy February celebratory month also had a great Valentine's day, uh, in the middle of the week, I did a little home cooking as Zach and I talked about is the right way to go. Whenever it's not a weekend home cooking, uh, for Valentine's day is always a big win. So that is my good news. Very nice. I love it. That's some good news. All right. Well, hope everybody has a great, safe weekend. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back next week as peak off season continues and we'll see you guys then. Have a great weekend. Be safe. We appreciate it as always. Like the show before you go. Please hit that like button for us. That goes a long way. We'll see you guys next week.